Well, hey there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. And that's uh, it's Rochelle and Carter here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. You stole that from the Truman Show. I think it was. It's uh, in case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Yeah, because he's saying good morning. Weird smile thing that Jim Carrey can only do. If you haven't seen that movie, he's trapped in this world that he doesn't know he's in, and it's like they just got this baby. And they put him in this TV show and he doesn't know he's in a TV show. It's crazy. Yeah. You're in a fishbowl. Everybody else is watching you. Your most private things on camera. Yeah. And he never knows. Yeah. We what can just a talk horrible about, thing. We can spend this podcast talking about that movie. It is a fascinating movie. But I think sometimes that's the way people look at God and they say, oh, well, we're a bunch of ants and he's just up there with his magnifying glass. I've heard that over and over again. Oh, true. Yeah. With his magnifying glass pointing the sun's light right at us so he can just burn us off for his entertainment. Mm. And that's not. That's not the thing at all. Why would he have come here? Why would Jesus have come here if that was true? He created us with a purpose. That we would have this incredible relationship of we praise him, we we honor him, we glorify. Our purpose is to serve others, to know what love looks like and and to praise him. That word that you use, glorify. I I was challenged with this the other day and I'm like, oof, I don't like it. I don't like here. So would you stick with me? Because this is a hard question. Mm. Is your ultimate goal, just think about internally. Yeah. You know, I know what we all say. Okay. This isn't what we all say. It's what we all think and feel. Is your ultimate goal to be happy or for God to be glorified? Mm -hmm. Because I I often, I I like that I had a good day or that God has blessed me. And and that's all nice too. We can be thankful for the blessings, but we shouldn't put the blessings ahead of the blesser. And ultimately it's kind of like, let's say in in the movie Superman, let's say at the very end of the movie, when the whole town is thanking Superman for saving the world, let's instead they're thanking the guy that was falling from the building that Superman saved. Like, what if that was the end of the movie? The whole town is going, hey, guy falling from building. Yay, we're throwing you a party. It's like, no, Superman is the hero of the story and God is the hero of this, this life, this whole thing. Yeah, but it's easier said than done to want to live a life that's purpose is to bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. But I love the movie, The Princess Bride. Okay, yeah. And um, I don't think there's any spoiler alerts. Everybody's at least- You've had ample time. You've seen the memes at least. Yeah. So you got the, the gist of it. But uh, Wesley is in love with this beautiful girl named Princess Buttercup. Well, later it's Princess. But anyway, and every time she asks him to do something, because he loves her, he says, as you wish, whatever it is, as you wish. And literally, she discovers that every time he says that after a while, he's saying, I love you when he says, as you wish. And so uh, not that God is buttercup at all, because he's very aware of who we are and where we're at and all of that stuff. But I think if I had the mentality like Wesley did in that film towards Mm. my Lord and saying, as you wish, and actually the words are are translated into, I love you. So this is my service Mm. as you wish. It then turns into a life of living, I want to glorify God. Through suffering, through bad times. That's a great, I love that example. And and it's great too, because the reverse is how a lot of times we feel it should be. Yeah. I'm praying for something, good things even, and we want God to say, as you wish. Mm-hmm. And man, my life isn't the point. It's, mm-hmm. He blesses us, yes. Okay, I, I know that, but it's not the point. Right. No, it's not. It's tough to recognize that. It is, but if he's at the center of the universe, which he is because he created it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) then we need to keep him there. 
with this thought, I was challenged with being bold, and I've been reading through, just kind of skimming a little bit of the New Testament, uh, little Romans, little Galatians. I would encourage you to. Galatians is a, a quick, easy read, depending on the tr- depending on the translation, of course. I don't know what <laughs> translation you prefer. Um, it's like five or six chapters, whatever it is, and it's just kind of, if you want the basics of being a Christian and how you know we should just be living our lives, it, Paul kind of runs through that. And Paul, also in Romans, talking about, I am unashamed of the name of Jesus, of the gospel of Jesus. It is the message that saves. And I know that for me, I can be tempted to water it down a little bit. Now, Mm -hmm. not not say something false or anything like that, but maybe just kind of rely on the word God instead of Jesus. Stuff like that. Okay. Where I want to be more bold. In fact, I was even encouraged of, you want to be politically correct so as not to, quote, step on other people's toes? You want to. And and often I, I still, and I, I think I still plan to say God in, in quick passing. But specifically, if I really get to sit down with a person, I don't want to just, everybody can be spiritual. Yeah. You, you see it on any award show, thanks to the universe, thanks to God in general. P- people are not offended by spirituality at all. Uh, so it's really easy to stay there. And may I also say that this isn't necessarily that they're doing the wrong thing. And acknowledging that there is a higher power, uh, maybe it's just a platitude for them and they're just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think even recognizing that's the first step, recognizing oh, sure. that there is a higher power. So I, I know what you're saying. You're not saying anything ne- necessarily negative at one of those, you know, speakers. There's just more. Yeah. Depending on There's if, they, so much more. if they know it or not. Sure. And I, I know one of your favorite stories is because, yes, acknowledgement is good. Let's say you come across a person at a coffee shop today and you both quickly say God or or even even you, you you get a second to kind of chit chat and they go, yeah, God or the universe wants me to. And one of your favorite stories is also Paul recognizing in the unknown God that the Greeks had in Athens. Yeah, it was this incredible opportunity where he didn't just curse them because they had all these idols. There were statues everywhere. They're there in Athens. Okay. So Greece is known for mythology and everything. And so, um, he sees this small little pedestal type place and it's just to the unknown God. And there's literally no statue on it. It's just, it's an acknowledgement that there's something there that not everybody can grasp or put their hands on, which is actually, it could almost be a definition for God. Couldn't it? That's true. I can't grasp him. Yeah. And it's only because he put on human flesh as Jesus Christ that I can actually touch him. He is God. You cannot bottle him, you know, Mm -hmm. so you can't even, put him in a statue type of a thing anyway to look at. So anyway, all of that to say, Paul was so gracious in his attitude towards the people and he saw a way into conversation. I see that you have many statues here. I see that you have a faith of some kind, but I want to direct your attention to this one thing that you acknowledge that you don't know. May I tell you about the unknown God? Boom, boldness. Yeah, I was bold. So there you go. He he didn't do it in a, a crazy or negative way he acknowledged and then he was bold and he didn't say yeah um there is an unknown god wink smile move on no he told him yeah here it is and and i was encouraged that if you if you're not an outspoken person and and especially uh hard subjects uh d- d- i can't think of the word what's the <laughs> things where we're separated the divisive divisive okay. subjects you don't want to speak out on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have the right to be as reserved or timid, believers in Jesus, I'm talking to believers in Jesus. We have the right to be as reserved or timid on any subject that we want. 
You don't want to talk about politics. You don't want to talk about sports. If sports is, gets too in, involved, don't speak up. Don't like, I mean, a lot of people tell you, you have to, you know, you need to have a voice on politics. No, don't like, it's not the biggest deal in the world. And right now I know somebody's listening and, and disagreeing with you. I don't know that I fully agree with what Carter just said. And that's fine if you want to disagree, but, but at least comparatively, I, I, at the I very least. 100% agree with that. And yes. I, I think you have a full right to not speak up on politics. I really do. Actually, I was more leaning towards the sports comment that you oh, made. Oh, speak up on sports. <laughs> you need to have a favorite team. No, whatever whatever you want to do. And maybe it's just not even your thing. But as believers in Jesus, we should be outspoken on one thing. Mm. And that is that Jesus is the name that saves. Yeah. And so talking about that, you know, with not just God, not just being general with God, but especially as the people that we know getting into that and letting them know specifically, this is the message that saves. And so, mm. you know, somebody asked the question, can you, like that quote, which I really do love, I really do, uh, share the gospel if necessary, use words, mm -hmm. live your faith. We should, I should definitely be living my faith. Yes. But I never heard it put like this. The gospel is information. Yeah. And people aren't going to get information if you don't say the info. Mm. So I know that because I've, I've gone back and forth on if I go through the drive-through and uh, somebody's like really nice, or let's say even they're just, they're not, and they're having a bad day and I give them a smile and then I go on and I feel good about myself because I bet they saw my Christianity. Not really. Mm. <laughs> not really. I mean, if you really think about it, no, I think a smile's great and we should be living our Christian faith. Absolutely. And perhaps that gets you thinking that the next time you go through the drive-through, then it's a conversation. Then the next time it's another conversation. I love where you're going with this, but I will bring up the fact that when Paul brought to the attention to the people of Athens, Jesus information, he was in the right forum for it. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. if you're in a drive through and there's 20 cars behind you and you think, ah, yes. this is the moment where I need to be telling her about Jesus. Totally agree. That's not the time. That's not the forum for it. Yeah. However, there might be an opportunity where if you felt led, I mean, it's tugging on your heartstrings. That's what I mean when you feel led. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel led like the Holy Spirit is telling me to, to go love on that person. To maybe park the car if the restaurant is open to customers. Come, wait for the break. Wait for the break and say, hey, I saw that you look like you were having a rough day. Yeah. And yeah. just see where it goes from there. And listen, I think most of the time, your foot in the door to sharing with people is when you first have them talk and listen. And you may not even share the love of Jesus right in that moment because you you feel hesitation in your heart because the Holy Spirit's like, not yet. We're still in the watering process. Not yet. Yeah, but yeah. but I 100% I agree with you. It's like, all right, Lord, would you embolden me to be more forthcoming with, when you give me opportunities where clearly people need to hear your your information? You are so right that the there is a, a time and a place and, uh, you know, I've even, this is a totally different subject, but I've even seen where <laughs> I used to work for a DJ company. My boss was running the karaoke booth. Yeah. He's on stage talking on the microphone and somebody goes, Hey, 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 you know where the corn dog booth is? <laughs> hey, <laughs> the dude is talking on a stage. Yeah. Now is not the time to ask him the question. The, let me ask you something. Sort of the same story. Okay. But now this one comes with a little bit more of a higher implication than a corn dog. Okay. 
my pastor is giving a message. I was a young person in my church and one of the precious men in our congregation who had fought for our country, uh-huh. a veteran, stands up in the middle of the message, sees that the American flag is for some reason in the wrong stand. Like it's where the Christian flag is and the Christian flag is supposed to be over there. So he decides in the middle of the sermon, distracting everybody from what is being shared from the pulpit to move it at that moment. So my point being is, what if it's something that it matters greatly and not just to you? I am sure that others in the audience, if they have served our country or knew of such things and it it carried great, not just symbolism, but boy, this this is something important to me, you know. I get why that they that, that would be a problem. However, I think there's a timing for it. You know, the corn dog thing, that's obvious to me, but maybe some <laughs> other things, you know, Carter, they have a little bit more weight with them. And so it might not be as obvious. Our our life experience definitely, you know, plays into it. And I, I think it I think it is tough. I, I've even shared before that there was a, a pastor that came to our small group that he felt that he asked a question. It was more of that watering stage. Mm-hmm. And he asked a, a question. And if you if you're not familiar with that, they the Bible talks about in terms of how we share the gospel. You might be a planter, somebody who plants the seed of, you know, you give somebody the initial gospel and then somebody that comes along and waters it is is furthering that and encouraging that. And then and then somebody that that reaps the harvest, I guess, that that basically they give their life to Jesus at a certain point. And so you might be somebody that is just saying the gospel or getting them to think about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a time and a place and there's, there, I think we'll get into the how actually in just a second on how to go about things. But I think my main takeaway with what I was encouraged with this week was don't, and, and just, just for me, cause I know I can do it. Don't go through the drive-through and say, God bless you. And think that you shared the gospel. Mm. You may have started a relationship. You may have started a, a, you know, you, you know, you've been to restaurants and they start to know you and they know your order. And then mm-hmm. you can, all of a sudden you can speak into more things. You may have started something good, sure, but don't think that you shared the gospel just because you said, God bless you. Or you smiled. We get into this feel good Christianity. Yes. I, you know, yeah. I, 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 uh, not dined and dash. Definitely don't do that. I, uh, drive through differenced it, you know, and I paid for the person behind me. I bet they know about Jesus now. They probably just were like, cool, thanks. Yeah. They probably were happy. But I think we just don't want to fool ourselves and go down that road. We we want to share information. And, and that information is that Jesus is, it, we're, we've said this in the last couple of weeks, putting our, all our eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And that's by believing in him because we can't be good enough. Yeah. And that's the information that we want to share. And it's real it's real easy to share depending on the, the time and the place that you find yourself in, yeah. but, but just to, to not, to not sit back and not be bold for this specific topic. There are so many schools of thought on how people should share the gospel message. There are seminars on how to witness for the Lord. There are tracts that you can purchase. All of these things aren't necessarily wrong or right per se. Like it's like, this is the only way you can do this. You know, mm-hmm. if anybody ever says that, then you, I'm going to check out on this guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to check out on this one because there's multiple ways that you can share Jesus because there was multiple ways that he did share himself, mm. that he never approached Thomas the same way he was going to approach Peter. They're two different people, sure. you know? Yeah. But I think it's interesting that when Jesus is talking in the book of John, there's this incredible couple of chapters there. It's right before he dies. 
and he's praying over his disciples and he's talking about the ones that you've given me. He's talking to his heavenly father that they will love each other the way that, that I love them, that they will know about love because you love them and they love me. It's like he wanted them to understand the circle of love and that they would understand it because they are in him. The only reason why I bring that up is because these few select people in his, in his group, those are the ones that he just poured it all out for daily. He poured it everything out for the entire of humanity on the cross. Mm-hmm. And when he died for our sins and when he rose from the dead, absolutely. But those select few, he discipled those and so I think in, in terms of, it's like, I have to win all these people over for Jesus. I think God puts very, he's so smart. He puts people in our path, mm-hmm. in our circle, just like Jesus had a circle, in our circle, where we can invest in those people. If it is a drive-through experience, like you see this person on a regular basis and yeah. you, you might slip into conversation there. God's given us just a beautiful day today. You know, Jesus bless you. And if you see in their eyes something that receives it or not, you kind of know where they stand on it. And sure. Just ask the Holy Spirit for guidance for an open door. What are ways that I can come alongside? But sometimes I've, I've spoken with people where they just, everywhere they go, they feel compelled. And I, I am not this person. It doesn't mean that they're wrong, but they feel compelled. They need to right then and there tell the gospel. They have, they've, complete stranger, even have done so with people as they're like on a motorcycle and just driving by. Right. Right. I have no opportunity then to um, to further the conversation. It's just kind of quick. And I, I don't know. For me, yeah. that wouldn't work for me. We we sat through the same, we we met the same person and, and that experience of sharing Jesus at a stoplight. And I, I really can't fathom that. I, I admire just with learning more. And, and like I said, I was specifically challenged this week with this. So uh, I, I look at it so many different ways that I like that the information got out there with that, but I I do rely more on the people I see on a regular basis. And uh, that can be tough if you work in a Christian environment, you know, encouragement is there certainly, but in terms of sharing the gospel, you know, if you have a job where you see a coworker that doesn't know Jesus on a, on a daily basis, or you have a neighbor, and I think it's these people that we continue to grow with and yeah, start with the God bless you start with whatever, but it definitely, I just don't want to, to leave it at that. Oh, sure. I want to get specific and bold with Jesus, but I I do agree that it's more for me, it, it, it would be more with people that I see on somewhat of a routine than just walking up to somebody at the mall. I think so. I, for me as well, I think it was that way for Jesus, but certainly it didn't keep him from speaking to crowds. Yeah. That's, Maybe the moment's right, you know? He had a ministry, absolutely. But the ones that were called his disciples Mm -hmm. were the ones that he really was able to help grow. And it's interesting that in Scripture, Jesus tells us to go into all of the nations and do what? To make disciples. Preach the gospel, share with them the good news, and make disciples. So both things are needed. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's got an opinion on it. And again, Jesus is going to be like, Nobody here is necessarily wrong if they're sharing the good news. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. But I don't want it to land like uh, what the scriptures say, pearls cast before swine. If you see that this is not a good moment to do anything, uh, I I, <laughs> I don't want to be the one responsible for giving the Christian the weird name. You know what I mean? Like that person that puts everybody at unease and super awkward. Yeah shouting out in the middle of a Taco Bell, do you know? Yeah, the end is near. 
Jesus is coming. Yeah. Because I, I would say, Lord, I unless you've told me to do this. And he may very well tell it, you to hey, do that. We, if we get called weird because we know oh. it's a conviction from God, then so be it. Bring it on. But I'm there's a Jesus no, freak. There's no need to go out of the way to be weird. No. And and because we got we got enough weird sometimes working for us on the internet. It's like, how are these people even associated with Christ? It's too too much weird. The, one thing that we get into, which I think you'll get into, what, what you've been reading through, is is the how. Uh, even on being in being bold mm. and the how. And there's been a lot of talk recently about it, this. Isn't specifically sharing the gospel, but in terms of standing up for the right things because of the gospel, uh, boycotting Netflix has been you know one yes. thing in the news recently. Yes. And I, it's like, if you want to keep Netflix or cancel Netflix, like I, I totally support whatever that is because of the, the movie they have on there. Uh, and if you haven't heard about it, I would just, just look it up. But I, I just want to make sure, cause what I've seen and what I'm tempted to do when I'm really passionate about something is not do, is do the right thing, but I don't do the how very well. Okay. And I get too harsh. Okay. We should be bold. And even I think writing to Netflix is an appropriate thing, but in terms of Netflix is the devil <laughs> like, and just putting that on my Facebook status. I just want to make sure I was reminded about the fruits of the spirit mm-hmm. in, in Galatians, actually Galatians 22 and 23, that it's it, ones that come to mind in there. This is what we should have as believers in Jesus in us. Yeah. Patience, gentleness. Yes. Yeah. Peace in there. Yeah. These are the things that we should be displaying. Whatever boldness we take. Self-control is in Self-control <laughs> or how it, how we should be bold mm-hmm. is by doing that. And respect. I mean, Jesus said nothing when he was accused by Pilate and he was, he said nothing mm-hmm. and he didn't, how dare you? He did not. No, like, it's just like if, if he can do that and be beaten, can't I also stand up for the right things and and promote what Christ promotes and the, yeah. the, the spirit in me that has patience? There are some that might argue the point, well, but he had a purpose and that's why he chose to be silent because there were other times where he spoke up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we still have a purpose and the purpose yep. is always to serve the Lord, period. Does serving the Lord always mean standing up for what we think is right? Sometimes... And sometimes it is being silent before the accusers because God doesn't always call us to speak. Mm. So am I being quiet enough to listen to that still small voice as it describes in Scripture, the Holy Spirit's voice to our lives, to know the difference? Yeah. Do Am I really seeking out? See, I know what's right and wrong because Scripture tells me. But how do I approach others in regards to that? I may be doing wrong by the Lord because I'm trying to do all these things in my own flesh instead of letting his spirit move through me. Yeah. Winning the debate is not the goal. And I, I have so much trouble with that. I think of all these conversations, you know, I see these talk shows and, you know, Bill Maher or whoever that's an atheist. And I think about all these, what would I say? Okay. If they asked me this, what would I say? And trying to make sure that Christianity never gets proven wrong. And Mm -hmm. I look, I'm embarrassed and I look like an idiot that that's not the point. The mm-hmm. point is to point to Christ in whatever stance that I take. Yeah. Don't you ever get upset you're watching a movie and you know something as an audience person that maybe somebody else on screen doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like the good guy is doing good stuff, but in secret. And the other person on the screen is really mad at him. Why did you let that? And you're like, why don't you tell them? Tell them the good thing that you did. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because yeah. you want it resolved. 
And I think that's human instinct. We want resolution. We want people to know that this is real. This is true. Jesus is real. It's true. But for some reason, that guy on the screen, the hero, doesn't say anything because he knows something else, that there's going to be a point in time where he reveals things. Mm. And then he'll get everybody else, you know, on his side. He'll be like, see, there was a reason why I did what I did. Yeah. But but uh, it's maybe a terrible Terrible way of explaining it. No, it makes sense. Like if you choose to not respond or not respond in a harsh way, perhaps somebody approaches you later mm-hmm. and and says, why did you not say anything or why didn't you fire back? And then you're able to talk about th- what we just talked about, the fruits of the spirit sure. and patience and maybe lead somebody to Christ. Maybe you getting embarrassed because you didn't have your stuff together in a debate points one person to Jesus like that. Then it's a success. So you were talking about Paul and he is like the star apostle. You know, I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament, Mm -hmm. just super profound, really cool author. And I mean, clearly the guy was just, I mean, he was bad. He was a rebel. He was really cool because he was the guy who, first of all, was locking up Christians for the church or for his church, I should say, the temple. And then has this complete 180. And now he's telling Peter. (laughs) <laughs> who had been with Jesus all those all those years yeah, of ministry. Peter, right. He's telling Peter what he should be doing, right? Because he's like, no, 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 Jesus is the way and you're doing the way wrong, you know, because and, you're and, doing this. And, and Paul that. was right. Paul was right. Yeah. So Paul's like this guy who everybody was looking to in the church. He, he was the one that, the reason I would say that most of us listening and me speaking personally, because I know my, my ancestral background, that I am talking about Jesus in the first place. His mission, God gave him this ministry to reach the Gentiles. That was Paul. And so that's why I think a lot of us here, you know, we we respect him when we read through those scriptures because I didn't come from a Jewish background per se. And so I, I'm, I'm so grateful that he took it to the Gentiles. But Paul messed up. So you read this guy, we put him on this Christian pedestal. Unfortunately, we all do it. We do it with our favorite Christian artists. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. we find out they fail, it's like, oh, man. Then we don't listen to their music anymore. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> Even if we don't do something on the outside, on the inside, we feel let down. Oh, that's somehow. true. That's true. You know, and I, I was listening to you talking about, you know, the whole, the whole thing about, you know, sin is sin, and we all do it. Mm-hmm. We all do it, and I, I think we have to acknowledge that amongst ourselves, and honestly, get more open about sharing how we sin. This is where I struggle. This is my problem. You know. But I think Paul kind of revealed some of his problem, even in 1 Corinthians 13, when he's telling us how to love people well. We're given a bit of a clue because in the book of Acts, we read this story, this encounter between he and his good buddy Barnabas, and they've been doing life together for a while. They got ministry going on. I like it when you call him Barney. You've called him Barney before. Barney, he and Barney. And Barnabas was one of those easygoing, encouraging kind of guys. In fact, he was one of the guys who stood up for Paul. And when nobody else in the Jewish circle, if you will, Judeo-Christian circle, I should say, um, the ones who were with Jesus from the beginning and didn't know about letting the Gentiles in. He's like, this guy's a good guy. I know that Paul was locking people up. You can trust him as a good guy. Stood up for him. Then they have this disagreement. And Barnabas wants to take along a guy named John Mark. Paul's like, no, John Mark did us wrong back on this time. Don't you remember, Barney? He did us wrong back at this point. Can't trust him. And Barnabas is like, no, he's he's Mr. Stand-Up for the other guy guy. He already proved that with Paul. He stood up for him. He's going to stand up for John Mark. They say words. They split the ministry. They go their separate ways. 
If you've ever been a part of a split, whether divorce or your church split, or then you know what that must feel like. Mm. And then I'm sure everybody has had a fight with somebody at one point in their life. And what do you do? You go back and you go introspective. What did I say? What could I have said differently? So the reason why I bring up 1 Corinthians 13, he's talking about love. He's talking about what it looks like. And the part of scripture that says it suffers long, it is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't, it, it's not puffed up. Okay, it's not proud. It does not behave unseemly. It does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked and it thinks no evil. It's that last part. It's the word usage that he shares in provoked. Um, I believe that's correct. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. It's the same word that's used in the book of Acts when Luke, who is the one writing, speaks about their argument, Paul and Barnabas. Mm. Mm. When, when you're easily provoked, it's basically like somebody alongside you, so that friend, that loved one, whoever, maybe it's the troll on Facebook, I don't know, and they're just constantly poking, 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 poking. And you're just frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. I know that I'm right. I know that I'm right and you're wrong and you got this wrong and you got it wrong. And then finally, you let go. You've been provoked. And you say things that are, I mean, bitter, ugly, and usually damaging. And uh, that's exactly what happened between the two of those guys. And he said, no, that's not love. And he's basically, I think he's calling himself out. I didn't love well that time. Wow. But he learned from experience. And I, I, how vulnerable in that moment. Because it leads us to that other part of scripture where we can connect the two and say, oh, you know, Paul, Paul isn't just one of those guys. I mean, sometimes you think about uh, scripture, like it's, it's the inherent word of God. God has given this word to us. But Carter, I think, I don't know about you, but I was a kid. Oh, it's not like the disciple was walking along one day and he stumbled upon this lovely scroll that gave all the information that they needed. Mm -hmm. um, yes, sometimes the words were divinely shared in the moment they were inspired. A lot of what they found out along the way was what the spirit would whisper to them after they had experienced something and help them grow their character. Yeah. I have never thought about the, which we hear it at a wedding all the time. I've never thought about that maybe being written in regret. Hmm. Here's what I did. And I know that's not love. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. But that's obviously a very strong possibility. It's the same word. It's Paul being involved in both, uh, Paul writing one of them, being involved in the other situation. He knew Luke. And we never, we don't think they got back together, uh, Barnabas and, and uh, We don't Paul, read about it in scripture. I sh oh, I know there was resolution when they were in, the I mean, they met in heaven. They must have wept. I'm And it's travel sometimes that keep us apart. Thankfully, nowadays, I mean, we've got, we do have technology that can hopefully put us in touch with people, unless, of course, one of them has passed on. And then you just have to come to that place of going, I need to forgive myself. There, There is a family situation. I don't want to be too specific, but there's a family situation, extended family for, for me. Uh, that, how do I say this? Somebody came in the family that nobody really wanted in the family. 
a relative married somebody that nobody really wanted her to marry. Did they have a reputation or something? Yes. Okay. And there was some communication issues for a while. Even even still are to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially at first, that person that married the person uh, was not invited to a lot of things. Your relative? My relative, by blood, mm-hmm. was not invited to a lot of things. Because they married. Mm-hmm. The, uh, okay. Person with a reputation. Yeah, yeah. And another older relative recently said, it's not worth it. Life is too short to be doing this thing. Yeah. A wise person in our family. Was it you? It was me. <laughs> um, also, uh. I'm Batman. Uh, <laughs> no, but just said life's too short for that stuff, man. Like, let's get together and work out the awkwardness and work yeah. out the fighting and it's just too short for it. And yeah, I'm sure there was regret, especially if they, we don't, maybe they did, but we don't think they ever got back together and reconciled and did ministry. Certainly we don't have evidence that they did ministry together again. No, but I know that it lent to future relationships for both of them. How could I have done it differently? Yeah. Um, especially if they're seeking after Jesus, because Jesus doesn't let stuff like that go. His spirit nudges you. It's like, no, that's not cool. Mm. If you're growing in the Lord. I think if I've started to resist him and I've hardened my heart in certain areas, I'm no longer growing, then I'm going to, nope, their fault. (laughs) Whenever I start to get that into that place, into that mindset, I need to have the red flashing light. Somebody (laughs) said it very, very simply. When you, (laughs) when you're a church and the pastor's doing a hard sermon, one of those, one of those, you know, not, Easy, feel good, let's go to lunch sermon. It's one yeah. of those, man, that's tough. You should be taking it as yourself, not nudging the person next to you. <laughs> yeah, huh? are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> we should be taking it. It's though. like when that, uh, yeah, you go to, I don't know, the church that Sunday and they're t- teaching about marital advice and right. all that stuff and your right. spouse is sick that day. Oh, man. Man. You know what? We're gonna. I'm going home. We're watching the recording. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, I think it's important. Let's take a second. Let's take a moment to just really breathe in what we've learned about, especially love that you were talking about with what Paul wrote. Would you mind if we just take a second, real quick? Sure. Is that okay? I want to know what love is. Mm. Yeah. I want you to show me. That's good. See, that's willingness to be taught. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? I really thought you were going somewhere with that. That's that's the funny part. 